Hey, folks, Tom and Keith, and we want to send a big shout-out to the Dunlap Champions Club, which has been the sponsor of Front Row Knowles podcast for some time now. Hopefully during the 2017 season, you got a chance to sample it. I know on the field, the season may not have gone the way you wanted, but uh, off the field, the experience remained top shelf inside the Dunlap Champions Club. Without question, the, the ability to go to a ball game, to, to be inside when it's hot, to have refreshments, food, drink, those types of things. And you and I both, Tom, have talked about, uh, particularly during this semester, school semester, We've been in there for other functions, and certainly many of our listeners uh, should have the opportunity and will have the opportunity to be there for other than football games. If you're a member, you've got that opportunity on Friday nights prior to the game. You can do things on Sunday. It's uh, obviously attached to the University Center Club. Uh, it's a great all-around venue for anything that's going on during the weekend. It was built with 365 days a year function space or functions in mind. I'll, I'll remind you that uh, next year, 2018, Seven home games on the schedule, including Virginia Tech, Florida, and Clemson. Plant that little seed. Now, if you want more info, go to fsuclubseats.com or fsuchampionsclub.com. And now, without further ado, Front Row Knowles. Broadcasting live from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener, online at ctf.nu. Now, here's Tom and Keith. Hello, everybody. Tom and KJ back together again. Keith, I owe you um, forever indebted for you. I wouldn't go stepping forever. up to the plate. I wouldn't go forever. Maybe two years. I'll buy you a beer. There you Call go. It even. I got detained last week. Well, not detained. That makes it sound like something nefarious was going on. But I was. I told you. Keep telling you. Don't make comments while you're going through the airport check-in. I was at a conference and thought that I was scheduled to be able to uh, give you a call and participate in last week's show, but as it turned out, I was not able to do so, so I appreciate the fact that you carried the banner and waved it proudly for Front Row Knowles. And I'm tired. And your pay will be reflected accordingly. I love it. That said, I do feel like uh, it's been a little bit disjointed. Basketball season always gets this way because I'm out of town some, you're out of town a lot more with the Hoops team. And so I almost forgot what you looked like, but today I was reminded and I realized it wasn't that big a deal. And that'll be a sleepless night tonight. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) So that said, the basketball team, let's start there. The basketball team is off and we've we've got a good show for you today. Brandon Allen from Leonard Hamilton's team is going to join us in a little bit. We'll hear from head coach Lonnie Alameda on the softball side. We do have sad news uh, regarding Tim Linnefelt. You may have heard that his mom passed away services are tomorrow so tim is not going to join us lane hurt will pinch hit as our seminoles.com insider but uh, certainly condolences to, much, to, to tim much. and his family um all that is coming up on today's show but i do feel like even though baseball season is underway we're down to the last three regular season games for basketball and there's no midweek game and it was a, a, long, a bye week is what they're calling it i, I didn't get that and but. you would know more than me because you're with the team but Ideally, just like in football, and it's not really a bye week in basketball, but every league team, instead of playing every third day, you get one time during the year where you basically get a well, week off. you get off. one time during the year, and I think, I think, I'd have to go back and check, I think you get one weekend off during the year. That's kind of the way they've they've scheduled it. Point being, just like a football coach would say he'd rather have that in the middle of the season, I'm sure Leonard would say the same thing. Florida State's isn't coming till right now with three games left, and I really think this is a team, as we've seen Angola struggle and Mann struggle a little bit, really would have benefited from a break about three weeks ago. 
Uh, I, I agree, except that I think we've now come to understand with what Leonard did, particularly in the second half against Pittsburgh, because Florida State candidly was was fortunate's too strong a word. Lucky was way too strong a word, but they were they were um, behind and were not playing well against Pittsburgh and could have very easily have lost that ball game. What's significant about that, as our listeners will know, is Pittsburgh is the worst team in the ACC. You you just can't lose to them, particularly on your home court. So they rebound, but the way they went about rebounding is is Leonard forced the kids into some full court and in some trap in the half court. And what that tells me is the coaching staff hopefully, hopefully now understands they need to quit spending time in practice on the offensive end and they need to go back and spend some time on the defensive end because it's the defense that creates the offense for this particular Florida State squad. And their defense has been horrible the last two or three or four games. Well, So maybe during this week when they get on the court for some practices, the focus can be back to getting to, to some defensive principles as Coach Ham likes to talk about. And that'll carry him through the three games and into the ACC tournament. We'll see. I do think most are looking at the schedule right now with two road games and a home game against BC and saying Florida State just needs to win one. That would put them at 9-9 nine and nine for the regular season, and that's what they'll do. I think there's a, a pretty good chance they get two out of three here. And maybe I'm being overly optimistic because of the week off, but I really think, A, some rest – both mentally and physically, but be sort of getting back to basics like you're talking about and being able to, to have a practice or two where you're not game planning for the next opponent. You're doing fundamentals. You're doing stuff. fundamentals. I think that's needed for this team. And so now you could make the opposite argument that with a week layoff, they may come out and lay an egg against NC State. But I don't think it's too much of a reach to say they could win two out of three. I also, just knowing the way the history goes, I don't want to see this team be 9-9 nine and nine and then drop the first game of the ACC tournament and technically be below 500 in league play. I, I would feel much better if they could somehow get to 10-8 and eight and go into the ACC tournament where you're guaranteed to be above 500 on selection. Well, Sunday. nobody likes to talk about the tournament now, but you know, if you go back and look at the projections, one of the things, and I, I haven't done my full homework, but one of the things Florida State needs to do is they need to play well enough to get out of an 8 or a 9 seed. Because if you're an eight or nine seed in the NCAA tournament, you're playing a number one seed in the second game. If you can get to a seven seed, you, you've you've essentially made yourself or, or put yourself in going to the second weekend potentially, and that's what is significant right now where Florida State is. See, you've already penciled them into the tournament and you're well, worried about the NCAA. They're in the tournament. Not unless, they, unless they lose right. all three, but they're not going to do that. Right. So I, I don't I don't spend time I would talking have, about that. Yeah, I you know, I'd like to see them get the I guess the double buy and get at the ACC tournament and but you don't you'd rather see them play you'd take a single buy and get a win on the next day. And, I would yeah. for this team, for this team because they need they need to get back to some yeah. fundamental things. Well, we will talk more with Brandon Allen about the state of this year's team and also about uh, sort of his academic career, but also his athletic career because he played baseball before he came back to FSU. His dad, obviously, is a, uh, he's a legacy because his dad played here in the 80s. That's coming up. We'll hear from uh, Lonnie Alameda. I was out at the softball diamond a lot this weekend. The baseball team has started well. They're 4-0. Of course, there's this but, Tyler Holton but, cloud hanging but. over, and as we're talking, we don't know what the that looks like. I do think there's a lot of good parts and pieces there for this team. And also, Keith, the chase started this week on Monday, bright and early. Well, the chase that that would be yes. Back in your day, when you had to run those sprints uphill both ways, backwards in the dark. No, it was worse than that. We had to backpedal 
up the ramps of Doak Campbell Stadium. In other words, we had to, instead of going forward up the ramps, we had to turn around and backpedal up the ramps after mat drills. Well, if you went forward, you might still be going. Now, how you know that that's just not fair. <laughs> here's the thing. I'm gonna bring out here's the, question. the thing, uh, Tommy. I'm gonna bring out the question that annoys you. The answer is nowhere. The question is, where did you play college ball? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we've done this before. Um, none of the above, if that was the answer, or it's either nowhere or none or of the above. Or in my case, no, not at the next level. So what do you think? Here, here's the, you know, we've been in this, the, the conversation has been about Jimbo's departure and Coach Taggart's done everything right. And you always, you go from one extreme to the other. I always, as you know, say the truth is where. Yep. And by it, the way, it's it, it's in the middle. Which did is you just, listen to what you just said? What? The, what you just said to old timers like me? Yeah, is one of the basic fundamentals that's going to change this program. You called Jimbo Jimbo, and you called Coach Taggart Coach Taggart. None of us ever refer to him as Bobby. It's always Coach Bowden. You're speaking of players, exactly. Right, and and that is a subtle but distinct differentiation. Noted, and you've made that point before. And probably will again annoy you that time as well, that, those next times as well. Anyway, anytime there's coaching change or if there's a strength coach change, you always hear that the new strength, oh, we're, doing, we're working harder, we're lifting more, we're running faster. I mean, that goes on forever and ever. I do think that the players have gotten a bit of a rude awakening, and that's not a no knock. No pun intended because they start at 6 a.m. now. <laughs> it's not a knock at Vic, Valoria, or the previous program. It's just if, you're, if your workout, every whether you get up every day or three days a week, is to do A, B, and C, and now you're not doing A, you're doing D, which is a little different than A, it's just more taxing because your body's not accustomed to it. Agreed, agreed. But I do think it's good that, from all accounts – accountability is at a premium right now and players are getting the message that they need to be there be on time and they're having to work harder than what they have done most well recently. not only that and, and again for some of us old timers uh, you're hearing uh, conversations like accountability in the classroom accountability in study hall uh you know there, there are certain other things that go on to being a student athlete that maybe we're a little waxing in the tail end of the Coach Fisher era that uh, are being addressed that will help the whole or the whole program. We will uh, continue our business here momentarily. I do want to send a shout out to uh, Matt Thompson and the folks at Madison Social. Many of you are aware, obviously, and Keith and I aren't going to discuss uh, political views on this, but the students from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School are in town today, as everybody knows, and everybody's aware of the tragic events that happened last week. Uh, Madison Social created a uh, a shirt that's a fundraiser uh, that obviously w- will go to that cause. Uh, but I'll, I'll just mention that because this is the kind of thing that Madison Social has done. The shirt says, uh, we will do better, but the word will is crossed out and says can do better. And it has the names of uh, of all the victims of that that tragedy uh, from, from last week. So you can go online to madisonsocial.com for more about that. Uh, I just wanted to mention it because they have uh, ingrained themselves in the community. They get it. And a uh, good job by Matt and his folks. That his, his ability to keep his finger on the pulse of whatever it is that's going on uh, is quite remarkable. That, that's as good a marketing group. And I don't understand marketing. I know a little bit about sales. Marketing sometimes escapes me. They're as good as I've seen. Well, one first step would be to get you on Twitter, Keith. Uh, Negatory ghostwriter, that pattern would be full. We will take a break and come back with more Front Row Knowles right after this. No, 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 no. 
Front Row Knowles on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith. And we roll on, KJ. I was just giving you a hard time in the first segment. I really did miss our our time together here that we have to you were gone vent and solve the world's problems i was gone i was in the atl for <laughs> i guess it was only four or five days it felt like 12 days you know but anyway well that's what happens. nobody cares that's what happens when the former big city boy who's now used to living in tallahassee goes back to the big city he's out of his element oh, yeah there was no car involved i didn't even hardly leave the hotel and when you do that's what uber's for these days there you go because they charge you like $947 to park a car per day anyway. I digress. All right, we're going to talk baseball and softball, then we'll get back to basketball. Lane Hurt will join us uh, later on, our Seminoles.com insider. Keith and I, uh, as we put this show in the can today, we don't know definitive word about Tyler Holton. So all we can do is speculate, which means uh, maybe we'll get correct. We'll be correct here, or maybe we'll be way off Well, how about, how about this for speculation? I've learned this uh, in sports and injuries, and, and maybe it's just me, but... The longer something takes to be figured out, the worse it is. You know, if they shoot that film on Monday morning on Tyler and they have a definitive answer as to what it is or isn't, then we obviously you know the answer. But number two, any time that he's spent out will theoretically be less. The fact that this is going on, they're getting a second opinion, there's other things being talked about, that just simply tells me that this is not a – one week or a two week thing this this might be uh, significant and whatever however you define significance and i'll add my two cents from having been on the football sideline for years and years that you cannot tell significance of an injury from body language because the guy who screams the loudest on the side of the field is the guy who's back in the game a series later. And the guy who walks off without hardly limping and seems to be okay is the guy who has a torn ACL. And you're, I've seen you're, it. You're looking at a guy that got tangled up during practice one time. We had the little um, where you move your legs up and down, pick your knees up, and had the little nylon ropes, and you just put your feet in the little squares. And that contraption was over on the side. And I got run out of bounds in a drill and got tied up into that thing. And one of those nylon straps popped, and I thought it was my ACL. <laughs> and I screamed. I mean, I had tra- Randy Orvitz ran a four four forty to get over to me, and I was in the next drill two minutes later. <laughs> it was nothing, but I heard that sound, and you and, thought, and I thought that my world had come crashing down. So, not to make fun uh, or light of injuries, but you're exactly right. He who screams the loudest, or he whose body language is the worst, oftentimes is the least. And uh, there was the report out about uh, Tyler being around the boys, and well, and, that's why I say and, that, and, yeah, and having a good time and and laughing and joking. And I think you're right. I think that that should not be interpreted uh, in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I wish there were camera phones when that had happened to you keith because oh. that would be it that would, i took I, it was a very would, it, it was a very difficult of, of locker gifts room on our phones that we could send out it was, was a very difficult locker room afterwards hopefully we're completely wrong on that uh by the time you listen to this we may have definitive news and we'll address accordingly as we move forward i was out uh at baseball yesterday i for a little bit i was at uh, softball over the weekend uh announcing some of those games and it's another 
stacked deck for Lonnie Alameda. I had a chance to to chat with Florida State's. You know, every coach is a longtime coach now. She's a decade in, about to hit amazing? a milestone. Isn't that amazing, though? It, it is, and she's had had great success. Last year, you'll recall, though, they thought they were going back to Oklahoma City, and LSU wouldn't have it. LSU beating them here in the Super Regional, so that that stuck in their crawl a little and bit. And it's still sticking in their crawl. Here's that conversation uh, with Coach Alameda. The season is here. What excites you the most about this team? Um, hashtag IDK. I don't know. <laughs> We've talked about it. Um, I, I think uh, the great thing about this team is um, we just really had no expectations coming in. And the whole hashtag IDK is, I don't know, it's okay. There's nothing that defines us. And we've had so much fun and there's been so much energy, uh, you know, so just I think now with a couple games under our belt and seeing what we've had every time we've approached a game, it's the energy, the excitement, the love of just playing softball. Uh, it's just been it's been outstanding and, and just a lot of fun. The off season can be long. The preseason can be long. So I imagine once the games start counting for real, it gets a little easier to get everybody dialed in and excited about playing. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, the off season's long because the heartbreaking loss here um for super regionals that was just uh never been a part of that before um three and a half hours for kids to come out of the locker room and take the jersey off and some of them for the last time and uh they gave everything they had to the to the team and the program last year and um you know an amazing opportunity as a coach and, and players to to let the game into your heart and soul that much to where it hurts that much um and something that inspires all of us to to continue to love and get after it this season. So um, so a long season to get back out here and play again after you know that part of it. But um, also exciting because again, we just really didn't know what we had. We had five five seniors leave the program that were very instrumental in a lot of things that we've accomplished over the last couple of years, and um, very passionate and and loving of the game. And now they've turned it over. And if we're really good with our culture, those seniors are going to leave a little little fire in the belly of the players, and they have, and it showed up. And so I, I think that's been um, so neat to see, and it's just really helped us uh, move on and move forward and, and get after Team 35 in this year. You may have just answered this question, but given the way last season ended, how did you try to balance using that as motivation compared to it being an anchor? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we had... One morning we, we came down and um, we met at the gate and everyone that knows um, Florida State softball, we talk about the gate a lot. And we had the Team 34 sign up there and we, we you know, I guess had a little um, team meeting and let's tear it down. You know, let's tear it down. And Team 34 is a part of us, but it's now Team 35. Um, it's let's take the lessons. Let's remember the memories and let's move forward. And so, um Maybe a little ceremony, a, a little uh, powwow meeting for us, you know, something to, to really signify. It's a completely different team, different thumbprint, and let's move forward. And um, couldn't be more proud of them, you know. I think Callie and Carson, and they've jumped up as some of our leaders in our team. Our seniors have been tremendous. Um, they've really taken that, that moment and just like, let's move forward and make it a part of us and, and you know, do the best we can for Florida State. There's another senior whose name you haven't mentioned yet, but she's a pretty good player. Tell us about her. Yeah, <laughs> uh, with Kylie Hansen, is that who you're talking about? Or yeah, yeah, yeah Kylie Hansen, the transfer, and yeah, it definitely. Um, you know, I think the tough thing for Kylie is <clears throat> she was so successful at FAU, so successful, and then you come into a program that's already had some success. How do you come in and you, you know? I mean, your accolades speak for yourself, but you have to figure out how to speak for yourself as a as a player and a person, and you have to get into the battles to make that happen. So now we're actually getting to see what Kylie's all about. So. 
um, I mean, obviously Jesse's had a, a great career here and, uh, Morgan and, you know, Karina's really just, you know, off the field been awesome for us and now on the field really starting to show her stuff. So you've got three seniors that have had history here. And as Kylie comes in, it's just my stats are speaking for me and here who I am. But now I'm actually getting out in ball games and I'm getting into the battles with you and her character's really showing through and she's a competitor and she just loves the opportunity right now. And the team's really, they're really starting to, to connect with one another on the field. So given the addition of Kylie, you feel good about where your pitching staff is yeah, or, or can be this year? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we've been so lucky to have great kids in the circle for us and um, they just a big thing here as a pitcher is you're pitching for your squad. It's just not about you. And the selflessness um, in the circle has, has been outstanding. And Kylie fits right in that. Kylie fits right in that. She gets it. Uh, she's excited about it. And so um, feel good. We got to get our freshman out there last night a little bit. Savannah Copeland, she's going to be tremendous. Um, Tessa's giving us innings. Cass is going to be great. You know, so, you know, Abby's doing some good things. So when you talk about a six person staff, we've got a lot of options and they're just a really good, hardworking crew. And on nights when they struggle, Jesse Warren's in the lineup, along with a lot of other talented players. But I'm going to start there. Just elaborate on her skills and abilities as a softball player. Yeah, I think for those of you a chance to come see Jesse play, um, you know, she's just a... She's obviously God-given talent. She's a five-tool player. She can run. She can hit. She's strong. She's just... The thing that sets her side is her smarts, her smarts for the game and her passion for the game. I mean, if we have a game at six o'clock, she's usually here around 10 a.m. hanging around the office, just just ready to play. Like she's got her uniform on. She's probably one of those kids that slept in her uniform in Little League and all that kind of stuff, ready to play. And um, so but her smarts and passion is just next level. And she absolutely loves it. And um, she comes in here quite a bit, you know, and just counting down the days, sadly. You know, she just knows that there, there's going to be a time where she can't play at college anymore and the next level awaits her. And so um, but. I would say for anyone that gets a chance to see her play, she's she's tremendous in, in the next part of the game. It's just the mindset. She just she really gets it. She's always in the right spots. Uh, she makes really, really good decisions, and it's just fun to watch her play. I'll close with this. You'll finish the year in Oklahoma City if? <laughs> um, if we stay doing what we're doing right now. Um, it doesn't matter what's in that other dugout right now. We literally go out and we attack from first pitch to very last pitch. And if we can continue to do that and continue to grow as a team um, and the ability to use our bench, we've got great kids on the bench right now. We have had more depth right now than we've ever had. And uh, at some point they're going to come in huge for us and be able to do what they do. But I would say the energy and the, the first pitch mentality, we're getting after it first pitch right now. And uh, I'm excited about that. So that would be it. Best of luck to you. Thank you very much. Thanks to Coach. Again, 10 years in, the team off to a good start. And Jesse Warren is, you know, maybe the best player in the history of Florida State softball, which is saying some because there have been some pretty good players there. She, she's worth going to see. But it'll be another, another good team that has a chance to make it to the World Series. The, the things that she is able to do, uh, you know, because you always make the comparison between uh, men and women, boys and girls, however you want to classify it. Uh, but you know her ability to to play the baseball game up until what she was fourteen fifteen years of age and compete with anybody uh, male or female was truly amazing and what she 's done on the on the uh, softball side. Uh, pretty remarkable. As well. She she was with uh, Sherman Johnson, the baseball player. His dad. She was he played baseball there. That was that was her coach growing up. All right, we'll step aside. Bounce back to basketball when Front Row Knowles rolls on. <laughs>
Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles, Tom and KJ with you, and we bounce back to the basketball court and talk some Florida State men's basketball, and we fire up the Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. We say hello to a guy that uh, was raised on the Garnet and Gold and has had the, the pleasure to play for Coach Leonard Hamilton the last several years, and that is Brandon Allen. Brandon, how are you? I'm good. How you guys doing? Good. You know, I just made that statement because your dad played at FSU. I don't actually know that you grew up on the Garnet and Gold, but I'm going to make that assumption. But I know you had a brother that went to Florida. So where where was your allegiance as you were growing up, given your dad played basketball here? Um, I was definitely Florida State through and through. Um, I would say even more so than my dad playing basketball because I never really got a chance to watch him play, obviously. But... I had two cousins that played baseball here at Florida State. So I grew up watching them on TV, coming to games, coming to football games. I mean, that's where I I really fell in love with Florida State. When you were coming out of high school, you obviously had a decision because you were a very good baseball player as well. And I think you were committed to, to Auburn at that time. And if you were going to go play college baseball, so just just and you got drafted in the 18th round by the Giants, decided to turn pro. Kind of take us back through that decision making process because you obviously had a lot of options given your basketball talent and baseball talent. Um, yeah. So about freshman year of high school, I stopped uh, focusing on basketball, and like in the summers, I would play travel baseball and uh, go through that whole circuit, trying to get a scholarship and whatever. Um, so I, um, I mean, if Florida State would accrue me for baseball, I probably would have been hard to turn that down. But unfortunately, um, they didn't accrue me. But I was getting accrued by some other ACC schools and SEC schools. Ended up committing to Auburn, and I was actually supposed to leave for school the next day. And I had I had gotten drafted in the 18th round about a week earlier. And I told the Giants that I wasn't going to sign. And so I, I told them that a couple of times, and they kept offering a little bit more money, a little bit more money. And the day I was, the day before I was supposed to go to school, I decided that I was going to change my mind and go play pro baseball. Brandon, uh, I've been told, you correct me, I should, I should know the answer to these questions before I ask them, but yours and uh, your time frame, your baseball contract was one of the early ones uh, and first ones that had the, the college tuition component to it. Is that correct? In other words, uh, you, you had signed a contract that would allow you to come back to school after your, your baseball playing days. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Um, I think it had been going on for a couple of years before me. Right, but, right. Yeah, um, so the agreement is, I mean, they will pay for your school when you're done playing. Which is why you're a preferred walk-on on the Florida State team. But, you know, just to finish up on this topic, and we'll get back to the current day, I guess, but when you when you decided to give up baseball, what did it come down to? Was it just struggles or being away from home? Was, was, it, it, the bracing, bracing, was it the, the breaking ball, the fastball? What, 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 what was the reason? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, for me, I mean, some days my fastball would be on. Some days would be my off speed. It was off and on. I mean, a little bit was the struggles. A little bit was the – I mean, it was a little bit of everything. So, I mean, I wasn't doing as well as I I, I wanted to. 
but at the same time, um, I can remember being in my hotel room and watching March Madness, watch Florida State playing March Madness on TV, and know that I could that I'm good enough to play on that team and see how much fun that it looked. So it looked like I, it's something that as soon as I saw that, I mean, it just got my mind spinning thinking about all the possibilities. And I didn't want to be 30 years old when I graduated college, you know. Well, that's a perfect segue with the March Madness because you've now had the, the chance to play in March Madness with Florida State and you got a chance uh, potentially to go back. Uh, you know, how are you guys approaching the, the last – stretch of the season here you've got three regular season games and obviously I, I would assume this is a much needed sort of bye week with a week between games before Sunday's matchup at NC State um yeah uh obviously we're taking this uh this bye week really seriously um especially myself I mean I've been through the previous three years where we didn't make the tournament I know that feeling on selection Sunday when your name's gonna get called and on the reverse side of that I know the feeling when it does get called and how good that actually feels. So, I mean, me and some of the older guys are trying to, especially trying to motivate these guys to really focus in on this home stretch so we can not only, um, not only make the tournament and get a high seed so we can maybe go deeper this year. Brandon, one of the things that I enjoy most about you and, and folks like yourself is the fact that uh, you are indeed a student athlete. Uh, you'll be graduating uh, here in a, in, a, in a month, month and a half. Uh, tell tell our folks what your degree is in, and tell us the the classes, the couple a couple of the classes you're taking this semester, and uh, we'll just let our listeners enjoy you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm an electrical engineering major. And so I'm only taking seven hours this semester because I'm almost done and I'm about to graduate. But uh, right now I'm taking a class called Solid State Electronic Devices, taking a power and energy lab. Um, last semester I had a class called Thermodynamics. I mean, a lot of stuff that probably sounds worse than it is, intimidates people. <laughs> well, just remember, when I'm sitting on the plane and you walk by me, don't ask me any of those questions. I can't answer <laughs> In our, yeah, I won't bother you with that. Yeah, in our world, the Power and Energy Lab is Honey Fried Chicken Friday at the Fig. That's it for, for, for Keith and I. What, what do you, you know, when, when athletics stops, when basketball is done for you, what, and, and you just shared what your major is, I mean, what's, what's the dream job? What are, what are your plans in terms of how you want to pursue your professional career? Um, that part I'm, I'm not quite sure on. Uh, right now, um, I'm just talking to a lot of people, trying to make connections. And uh, I mean, I'm focusing on basketball right now and kind of try to worry about that after the season. But I'm still like trying to network a little bit and help me figure out where I'm going to be. I mean, it, it kind of feels like I'm being recruited all over again. And so it's kind of nerve wracking. But uh, I really don't know where or what exactly I'm going to be doing. So I'm, I'm just excited to see what the future holds. Well, you obviously have a real solid infrastructure in place, which uh, will will help the cause down the line. What Keith travels with you guys, so he probably knows some of this, but what's something that the average FSU fan wouldn't know about this basketball team, i.e., I don't know, who the class clown is on the team or, or just something we wouldn't know? I mean, we see these guys play, but we don't know a lot uh, you know, off the court about <laughs> these guys. Uh, I wish I could say one guy's a class clown, but we got about eight of them. 
so <laughs> it makes it makes trips and practices really interesting. Sometimes uh, coach will tell us that sometimes it's our strength, but it can also be our weakness. <laughs> what do but, you? Um, oh, go ahead. One specific thing, I can't. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. It's hard to. Well, you keep chew- uh, you keep chewing on that. I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot and get in your trouble here. I'm, I'm letting you wiggle <laughs> out of it. What um, what do you think? What what do you want to see most out of uh, your teammates, your team, in terms of uh, what you need to do over these next three games and going to the ACC tournament to make sure that you're you're getting the right feeling on Selection Sunday? Um, I just want to see us lock in because I'm pretty sure that when we're locked in that we're one of the best teams in the country and throughout the year we haven't always been that way. So we've had slip ups and lost games. We shouldn't have, shouldn't have lost. Um, and that's all I ask from our team is that if we we stay locked in and make the most out of this, out of my final season, I want to see us go as far as we can possibly do, do something unforgettable. Brandon, congratulations on the you know the the two sport career, and that you've been able to chase a dream at Florida State. It's it's been fun to watch you, and we wish you the best of luck down the stretch here. All right, thank you guys. And more, and, and as importantly, congratulations on that degree. And, and again, don't ask me the hard questions, please. <laughs> yes, sir. Brandon Allen from the Florida State basketball team. His dad, Randy, played at FSU in the mid 1980s, the number 14 all time scorer in Florida State basketball history. So Brandon, a legacy, grew up garnet and gold, and you know, Chris Winkie sort of paved that road before him, I guess, in terms of playing pro ball and then coming back to, to FSU. He wasn't gone as long as what, what Chris was. I think Winkie was out six or seven years before coming back as opposed to three. Well, and go back to my first question comment to, to Brandon as we wrap this segment up. You know, he, he could take that chance and, and fulfill that dream and follow that dream in baseball. And, and baseball, MLB, had, had acknowledged that there needed to be something after that. So that contract was designed where his tuition and everything would be taken care of when he came back after or if he didn't fulfill everything and in I think that baseball. That's, and that's the standard now. Yeah, exactly. Standards. And I think that was a great move on the part of, uh, of baseball folk. Uh, and Brandon is reaping the benefit of it. As a side note, and we didn't get dig too deep on this, but if you're an 18 or 19 year old kid and you're an instructional, you're from Florida and you get sent to an instructional league in Arizona, where the crowd I have to assume is probably minimal, and 23, you, and you've been the star on your team, and now you're just a number, and you're making no, I I don't know what he got for a signing bonus, but your regular paycheck is nothing, and you're staying in. Pick your low tier hotel brand, which is a lower tier than what Florida State stays in when they travel. It's not exactly a glamorous life at that and point. Everything's done by bus. I, I could see doing that for a couple years yeah. and saying, you know what, I'm going to do something else. I, I, I could see that happening. We'll step aside. We're going to do something else. Lane Hurd, our Seminoles.com insider, who will uh, pinch hit for Tim Linnefeld, joins us next. Front Row Knowles on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith. Welcome back. Tom and Keith with you on Front Row Knowles, and it's time now to 
return to the Earl Bacon Agency hotline. Fire it up once again, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. We say hello to our Seminoles.com insider. Lane Hurt is joining us. If you missed the top of the show, I did mention that we send condolences to Tim Linnefelt and his family. Tim lost his uh, mom recently. Services are scheduled for tomorrow. I know that uh, a lot of folks around town obviously uh, know the Linnefelts, and so uh, we're thinking about you. Lane, we appreciate you uh, stepping up and pinch hinting. Send uh, send him our best and uh, turning the page on that. How you doing? Everything all right? Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing great. And, yeah, I love being with you guys. I wish it was under better circumstances. But, yeah, I, I'm, I am doing well. Where would you like to start here in terms of uh, the Seminoles.com world? We have baseball underway. We're holding our breath on Tyler Holton. Softball is going to be good again. Men's basketball finally got some time off. And women's hoops plays its home finale tomorrow night Don't against Boston Don't forget the tennis College. teams and the golf teams. and uh, Yeah, it's, it's busy season. So where would you like to start, Lane? We're giving you the oh. menu. Well, man, let's let's start with baseball because they just had their opening weekend and had a, a win last night against USF, and I think that's a great place to start. And I was at the game a little while last night. They uh, rallied in the eighth, got a big double from Stephen Wells and went on to win that game, so they're 4-0. So here's your chance, and we've already disclosed to our audience, Lane, that uh, we're, we're putting this show in the can, but everybody's holding their breath about Tyler Holton. So uh, are we going to break this right now on Front Row Knowles? Is there anything? It's just me, you, and Keith. So, I mean, share what you can tell us about the situation. I I, I know what what you know is they're, they're going to do a final analysis at some point today. I mean, that'll be done by the, the time we probably will we'll know by, by the time the, the show is done, but... But right now, everyone's waiting with bated breath to see, is he going to be okay? Is this going to be something that he's out for a couple weeks for, which is, I think, best-case scenario? and Or is the worst-case fear is going to be realized and he's going to be out for the season? And it's, <laughs> everyone's really holding their breath on this. Well, Tom and I talked about it, and again, just my opinion, but the, the longer this thing goes, I mean, the first picture was taken Monday morning and then it gets uh, looked at in a second opinion and then reevaluate. The longer this thing goes, the, the less likely the outcome is going to be a short period of time versus a long period of time. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's a fair thing. I mean, generally, as soon as there's good news, you want to get that out there as soon as possible. But uh, we'll see. I think the, the good news in the entire situation is everyone has pitched incredibly well thus far. I think Cole Sands impressed after a, a, a tough first inning. Drew Parrish picked off right where he left off last year. And then you have guys like like uh, Andrew Karp, who's already pitched twice and pitched twice well. You have the Austin Pollock and that group of freshmen who look good. And then you know the big story of Kobe Johnson potentially coming back from, from a serious injury and, and pitching two great innings as well. So hopefully if it is bad news that there's a – that there's a uh, a lot of arms out there who can uh, step up and and try to fill that role and not just be one guy being counted on to fill that burden. Which then leads to the next question, and I don't even want to speculate on it. But if there is no surgery for Tyler, if it's rest, can he still DH? Can he still play a little first base? I, I would think first base might be a little bit of a, a gamble because at some point you've got to throw the ball. Uh, but could he DH? Uh, I guess those are questions we can answer after you know after they get the initial analysis done. My guess would be if if he just needs some rest, they are going to let him rest fully. I I don't think they're going to mess with the kid's uh, potential major league professional career by getting a few at bats out of him. I think I think if he's shutting it down, they're they're gonna they're gonna shut it down until he's ready to go. And that, and that probably obviously would be the smart thing. 
What else outside of the pitching staff has impressed you about the baseball team in the early going? I I think it's your your typical Florida State baseball team. You you've got them, you know, being patient at the plate. They're following that playbook, getting on base any way they can, and then letting your big guys uh, drive in some runs. Cal Raleigh's had some success early in the season, which you want to see after a rough year last year. I think you really got to like what you see from Rat Apple, and he's looked really great at, at the play. And then the other guy is uh, J.C. Flowers. He's had a couple of extra base hits. His approach looks to be better at the plate. He's seeing the ball better, hitting the ball better, and, and finding some of those gaps. So I think those are some of the things that, that I've liked so far from, from what I've seen. How about the other diamond? I was at softball over the weekend. We heard from Lonnie Alameda earlier in the show. Their team is stacked as well. Have you had a chance to watch them play? I did have a chance to watch them play last night, unfortunately, within their loss to McNeese. But here's the thing about that one, and it's one of those things, it just sounds so cliche, but if you weren't there, you don't understand. They hit the ball incredibly hard against McNeese, but every single ball was hit right at someone. The, the last inning, literally all three outs were balls that were smoked right at fielders. It was just one of those days, one of those games where things weren't going to go right. But going back to that weekend, just a huge weekend for them, going 3-1 and one against two top 20 caliber teams in Minnesota and Michigan. And I think the big thing you saw was Kylie Hansen, their new their transfer pitcher from Florida Atlantic, come in and she was national player of the week. And, you know, it was a big deal considering they had to replace Jessica Burroughs, who was so great for them. And it looks like she's going to be able to step in with Megan King and provide a formidable one-two punch again for the Seminoles. Yeah, Lane, and our, my poor, poor partner, Tom, he, he has to do some of these softball games with with the departed Jessica. Uh, what, what, a, what a struggle that is for Mr. Block. She did a nice <laughs> job. She's, uh, she's educating me about softball, which, you know, it's a pretty low bar there, technically. Keith, That'll so. be a season-long adventure, yeah, is yeah, what you're saying. Exactly. Um, well, those are going to be fun to watch then. Yeah, no, she, I, I love that. Yeah, obviously. I mean, uh, for those who don't follow softball, Jessica, not only was she a great pitcher here, she was the first pick in the pro softball draft last year. So she's she's on that trivia question because Florida State's had the first pick in the NFL draft, the MLB draft, and the softball draft. We just got to get basketball uh and, and soccer in the mix and but already just having three that's a pretty short list of schools who can make that claim all right uh, we talked basketball we heard from brandon allen and so we've talked men's hoops a little bit but what's your thoughts on what they need to do and and how do you expect them to finish up here in the regular season line well first off what they need to do is rest and they finally get that midweek by week that they've needed for so long i mean they're the, i think one of two teams in the acc who gone all season without getting a full week of rest and i think that's just going to be huge for this team i've the ACC season is such a grind because each game is is just a battle. And the fact that they get this time to, to kind of rest up now, I think is huge going to the last part of the season. And to really kind of answer your question, I honestly think one more regular season win gets them in. I think they've done enough. I think at worst now, if they get that one more win, they finish 500 in the ACC. And if they pick up one of these road wins against NC State or Clemson, then you kind of start talking about, Potentially improving their their, their seeding for for the ACC and NCAA tournament. And on the women's side, I know they suffered a tough loss Monday, but they close out at home tomorrow night. They'll get that win, and I think they're still in the top ten in the RPI, so they're still pretty well positioned 
to be a host of first and second round postseason action, are they not? Yes, uh, they have Georgia Tech on Thursday and then Boston College on Sunday, assuming they win both those games. And both those teams are near the, the, the bottom of the ACC standings. So I, I feel like this team will, will be able to do that quite easily. I, I would think that they will definitely host. I'd say at worst, they'd be a four seed nationally, still with an opportunity to be a, a three seed. Or if they decide to go crazy and beat both Louisville and Notre Dame in the uh, ACC tournament, potentially up to a two seed. Let's don't get ahead of ourselves, down. That that w- <laughs> that would be a tall order because uh, they've beaten Louisville once, and Notre Dame obviously uh, got the best of. But Notre Dame's a, a very very good basketball team. Lane, we appreciate you uh, sitting in. Uh, admirable job as always, and again, send Tim our best. I absolutely will. It's uh, always great being with you guys. Thanks for having. Me. Oh, you know what? One more question, Lane. I'm sorry. Have you been up at six th- six in the morning yet? Have you gone to the chase? I, mean, I have not, but we had a couple of our uh, my uh, sweet mates and Eric Todorov and Karina Dolan who were out there this morning, and you can find a, a photo gallery from the chase on com right now, and we'll have some uh, video that'll go out on social media uh, later as well. So, so wait a minute, wait a minute. So media was actually allowed to be there? Seminoles.com media. Seminoles.com. Thank you. The, the key part of Thank what, you. What, you, what really just transpired is that Lane – tactfully pointed out that the newer staff members got up early to go cover the chase while he showed up at regular time. Is that what I heard, Lane? Um, there's no such thing. I've got two little kids. I was up. Fair enough. We understand. We understand. Enough said. All right, you win. All right, Lane Hurt filling in for Tim, our Seminoles.com insider. Appreciate it. Hey, if you've got, <laughs> thank you, Lane. If you've got a do-it-yourself project that needs to be finished, go visit Ron and his knowledgeable staff at Cornerstone Tool and Fastener to take care of all of your power tool needs. Two locations to choose from, 1110 Stuckey Avenue and 3269 Crawfordville Highway. By the way, smarty pants. Ye who always makes fun of me because I go to Cornerstone and look around. You've been waiting like three weeks the way you're shaking that been. finger. I am shaking you're like, I have, I'm, You're like, all right, go ahead. This should be good. Valloween, Va- uh, Valentine's Day. Valloween. Valloween. Valentine's Don't screw that Day. one up. Yeah. yeah. Valentine's Day. I call it Halitine's Day, but whatever. Valentine's Day. Yes. Kathy and I go out to dinner on Tuesday night. When we exchange cards Wednesday. She makes a suggestion to me. I go see Ron Wednesday afternoon. I bought a unsolicited well a solicited but unexpected halloween present at cornerstone tool and fastener for my wife halloween or valentine's valentine's wow i keep messing i don't know we're in february but go ahead valentine we don't exchange halloween gifts in my house but shut up (laughs) valentine's gift you know what i got her you won't even know what this is Uh, you're probably right a dremel and she was happy and she was ecstatic ecstatic so you can buy Valentine's Day gifts at Cornerstone. I would just suggest know your spouse well before you do that, however, because my wife will not take kindly to an iron, an ironing board, anything that's home improvement related that we're going to do anyway. Don't roll that into Valloween. We'll come back and wrap up the show. I was just saying. I know. Trying to make a point now. You made your point. The point is, you don't know the the holidays on the calendar. Come back with Front Row Knowles after this. Hey! 
Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener, online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith. Keith, as we finish up, have you got the holidays straightened out yet? Are you aware? Leave me alone. This 40-day period between Ash Wednesday and that other holiday? Well, I don't do the Lent stuff, but if I was going to give up something for Lent, it might be making fun of you. Well, I would appreciate that. That would give me a, a respite for a, a few weeks. <laughs> we uh, we close. You know, we talked a little bit about football. You and I haven't been out to the chase. So outside of the physical conditioning, because to, the physical conditioning is key for any team, especially if you're going to go tempo. But beyond that, you know, you get the camaraderie, you find your leaders, you really, you figure out who you can count on. That's, that's the thing. And I've, I've read a little bit about it. And again, echoing you, I've not been out there, but, but Coach Taggart is doing some things. The staff is doing some things that are a little different that those of us who have been in the corporate world would, would recognize as team building. I mean, they have tug of war. Uh, they have some 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 interactive games. Where they're they're keeping score. They're of keeping score, uh, and I think that's a, an unbelievably important part. Uh, the physical conditioning, I think, speaks for itself. But that team building and back to the who can you count on, who can you trust? You know, the age old thing: your integrity really shows when it's dark and nobody's looking. You know, what do you do when nobody's looking? And the second part of it that I like that is in, has intrigued me for a while is it appears that Coach Taggart and his staff is going to move almost everything to the mornings, including practices. Now, whether they can accomplish that in the fall of 18, I don't know. It's not been announced, but that seems to be the movement. And you look at some other programs like Duke and Miami that have moved their their workouts all season long to the morning. Um, I think that is that intrigues me because I was always an afternoon guy. We, I mean, I'm an older guy. I don't get up early in the morning. The fact that you get up and you get going so early, uh, I think that adds another dimension to this whole Taggart era uh, that might be very, very exciting and interesting to watch. So the chase is underway. Spring football will be here soon, the spring football game, and then we'll have the doldrums of the long, hot Tallahassee summer where we talk about nothing for weeks. So our show will continue. Our show will continue, yes. (laughs) Lord willing. He's Keith. I'm Tom. I hope you had a happy Halloween last week since I wasn't here. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, everybody. I'm